There's a change happening in the way we live, the way we work, the way we spend our money and make our decisions. We are evolving to be more conscious in our actions in a way that serves the world and makes it a better place. Welcome to The Ethical Evolution. The Ethical Evolution podcast is brought to you by The Ethical Change Agency. I'm Bindi, CEO and founder, and I am honoured to bring you the stories of those who create change through paying it forward and giving back. Ethical business owners and holistic healers who are determined to create collective change in the world. Once we have a change in consciousness and through collective change, we can become one. My next guest approached me to be on the show and when I began to find out what it was that she did, it was a no-brainer. We were meant to do this. Rashawna Price, the giver of awesomeness, is fiercely focused on awareness and growth for every client she serves. Her systematic approach to speaking and workshop facilitation allows every listener to learn specific strategies and tools to navigate complex work environments and relationships. And she eloquently shifts your thinking from problem to opportunity with every topic she speaks. We talk about bullying and how our mindset can shift if we find ourselves as the one being bullied. This interview was extra special as my intern and nephew Jack gained a lot from this experience. Welcome Roshana to The Ethical Evolution. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Bindi. You are so welcome. Now, you're coming to us all the way from the United States now. I think it's somewhere near Carolina, you were saying? Yeah. 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 So I live in South Carolina, but not too far from Charlotte, North Carolina. That's Ah, a big city. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Now, can you tell us about your background um, and what you do? Yeah. So I help show adults how to overcome adult bullying through coaching, speaking, and workshops. It's my passion to help people find their awesomeness. That's what I call it because bullies come and see their gifts. And then rather than playing small, I help people see like they chose you for a reason. You Mm -hmm. have a gift. Wow. And there's like, you know, I can't believe in 2020 that we still have adult bullies, you know? It's a crazy thing because most people that I speak with are almost shocked. Like, that's a thing. Mm. And then when I start to share with them, well, have you ever been in a meeting when you felt like someone was really intentionally trying to make you feel small? Mm. They were berating you in some way. And people are like, yeah. I'm like, well, that's adult bullying. It Mm. might not be as physical. It might not be like in middle school, some of the things that we think about for children, Mm. but it's still bullying because you start to shrink back in some way or play it small. Yeah. Yeah. And I know in my career, I've experienced some really horrible adult bullies um, and, you know, it just, it just should never happen in a workplace. It's, it's sad to see, and Mm. I've had my own personal experiences with it. And it's one of those things that happens so subtle at first and everyone starts to kind of walk on eggshells around the situation or just play it down. And over time, for me personally, I, I experienced health symptoms, which yeah. told me that I was having a problem, mm. high blood pressure, stomach aches, head, headaches, 
Um, and so when my health started to deteriorate, I knew I had a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, yeah. a similar kind of thing. And obviously the stress and the, the depression and all those kind of things that go with it is, um, you know, it's uh, a big um, impact um, from people who, who just can't be kind. <laughs> yeah, they can't be kind. And sometimes they're threatened by you. Mm. Or they get in a position or a title and they don't feel worthy of it. So then they try to make you feel small. Mm. Um, and other times it's because you're so good at something. Like, Bindi, your voice is amazing. <laughs> you have such a subtle feel that there could be some people who want to bully you just because you show up as you. Yeah. 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 Wow, you picked up on that quick. <laughs> <laughs> So what is your mission in the work that you do? Like, what, what do you want to achieve? I want to help everyone that I encounter bring out those hidden gifts and talents. Like I said, I call that awesomeness. Mm. And I want to show them that through their bullying experiences, through the adversity that they face, it's actually helping them know you've got something and that's mm. the thing you need to bring out. So do you do this um, on an individual basis? Do you do like one-on-one coaching with people? How do, how do you, what's your process? I do one-on-one coaching for private clients and I also do group coaching as well. Mm-hmm. And so that's a part of what I do is help groups even understand you all have something. A lot of times companies may bring smart, innovative people together and then more than innovate and create, sometimes there's fighting that yeah. happens or there's competition that happens. Yeah. And so helping groups understand that if you have a gift in a certain area and I have a gift in a certain area, we can actually fully collaborate versus try to hoard pieces of projects or pieces of information because everyone doesn't feel like they have something really good and unique to bring. Yeah. And I think um, in group coaching, you've got a real um, opportunity there to to actually have that collective change and, and consciousness together um, that, you know, that, you know, how they say, you know, what you, um, what you, what is it? You go past, you accept. So the things that you just turn a blind eye to is means you accept it. But if you go through this stuff together, and you you actually point out what you will no longer accept as a group. I think that makes a greater change. Would you not agree? I definitely agree. You have to name it first. Yeah. That's the first step is name where you are. And even some of those feelings that we think are, that's just adult feelings or, oh, that's just hard. That's just how it is. No. When we write those things <laughs> off. Exactly. That's where the gold is right there. Yeah. That, yeah. And so helping people know and feel brave enough to actually say, hold on, we need to pause. We need to stop here because this is actually where we need to go deeper. We need to ask questions. We need to understand like if we're in friction or conflict, that's actually a point where we need to go deeper. We need to push there. There's something there. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So I think it's (laughs) a lot of your work would be around mindset. Absolutely. Yes. So Carol Dweck's work I've read. I have been trained in cognitive coaching as well and have a certification. So understanding how the mind works, subconscious mind is huge. And I do use those tools with my clients that I work with. Yeah, mm, Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. So can you tell us about some of the people you've helped and the, and the impact it's had? Yeah. So let's see. I've worked with nurses in their field. I've worked with pastors 
stay-at-home moms, leaders in food manufacturers and other Fortune 500 companies, and all have a similar story of, I didn't know that this was happening to me, but in their careers, they got to a place where they were being derailed. Mm. So they were getting feedback that they needed to be better, faster, different in some way, and they couldn't figure out what that thing was because they had a story from their past of someone telling them they couldn't do something. And so they were trying to overcompensate. So those are some of the big impacts. Um, specifically when I get testimonials and things like that, it's, it's, oh my gosh, I didn't know I was so broken. You've helped me heal. Or I didn't know I was so good. I didn't know that I had all of this in me. Mm. And, um, even this past week on Monday during my group call at the end, one of the ladies that was there was affirming another lady. And she said, you know, if you stay and work with Roshana, she's going to help you get to where you want to go. And it's not going to be easy, but she's going to be there with you every step of the way. And so I thought that was a really good summary of who I am and what I do, because I do hold my clients accountable, but I also help them throughout the process, show them what to do, give them tools and resources. Wow, that's that's pretty awesome that that they're amplifying your message for you. That's that's awesome. Yeah, it's all. I was very humbled um, because for me, it's just it's something that I didn't. I knew that I loved it, and I knew that I when I was coaching people, even when I was working in private sector and public sector in my jobs and my roles, people would come into my office and sit down and say, "Roshana, can you do that Jedi mind trick thing?" <laughs> and they would like nickname me Yoda and all of this (laughs) but I knew that when I was in those conversations before it was really named coaching when I was I was like I'm just I'm a leader I'm doing my thing I'm doing what I'm supposed to do um that it was coaching and an hour would feel like 10 minutes Mm. so I knew that that was my sweet spot yeah you just know when you're on purpose don't you yes yes it's one of the signs when time almost stands still, you know you're in your sweet spot. Absolutely. So what, what's been your biggest challenge in working with your clients and, and how have you overcome it? The biggest challenge is getting people to say this happened to me mm. if they were personally bullied. There is a stigma, especially as adults, as men and women in big girl jobs. Mm. Uh, especially in in the United States, maybe in Australia and other parts of the world, there is this hierarchy of you're supposed to get married, have children, have a good job, have the house, right? Like this, this dream of life. And then when you get some of those things at work, maybe you get the job and you have the title, but it's not all it's cracked up to be. Or you get married and your husband or your wife is verbally bullying you or abusing you in some way. And then the shame and the vulnerability of that Mm. is what then makes people turn inside and, or try to hide it or push it down, depress it in some way, suppress it, excuse me. So that's the hard part and the messy part, but that's the part I love is helping people go, this happened to me. Mm. Because once you can own it, then you can do something with it. You can decide to do what I say. I talk about a lot. Your mind is a filing cabinet. Mm. And you can put, once you own it, you get to decide decide where you put the power. So you can put the power into a drawer. Mm. You can put the power into moving forward. We just have to figure out what that looks like. Wow. Um, It's really taking the power away from the bully, isn't it? 
It is. Most of the bullying conversations talk about the bully. Mm. At least a lot of the narrative is like, well, they're having a bad day or they're small or they don't have something. They're they, 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 they. But the truth is, is that they're picking you for a reason. Yeah. Even if they're saying, oh my gosh, your hair is terrible or you look ugly or you're so fat or you're so small or whatever it is. The fact is for them to even form a sentence about you, they have to be thinking about you. So that means you're memorable in some way. <laughs> what that way is, is what we go and figure out. Yeah. So really it's just yeah. flipping it, isn't it? It is. I call it flipping the flow of adversity a lot of times. Yeah, the flow of adversity. Nice. Yeah. So I've got to ask you then, um, with all the work sure. that you do with people, can you define what being ethical means to you? Yeah. So ethical is two things for me. I have two definitions because I hold myself to them both. Mm -hmm. The first is being honest with myself and where I am. I don't believe that you can do that with someone else until you're doing it for yourself. So not telling yourself lies and stories. And I check myself on a daily basis. The smallest of nuances of was that really the truth? Did you overinflate that in some way is a part of being ethical. It's the difference between, you know, I've been on five podcasts and I've been on 10. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> some people will, will waver and be like, well, you, you know, or I've been on a hundred and they've been on two. Like that's <laughs> a big difference. And, and so I, I think that is the one way that, that it, it's an internal check of the small pieces of what it is that you're saying and doing on a daily basis. And then the second part of being ethical is closing the gap between what you say and what you do, mm. because what you say is who you want to be, but what you do is who you are. I love that. You know what? That's the first time that's come up in all of these interviews and I absolutely really? love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's yeah. and that's something I'm really passionate about is um, you know, doing what you say you will. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. there's so many of us that just talk about stuff and never do anything and yeah. you know, you find yourself having the same conversations over and over again and you're just like, why aren't you doing anything? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Why aren't you doing anything? It's called cognitive dissonance Mm. that over time you really can create this. If you talk about it enough, you can actually talk yourself into believing that it actually happened, but it didn't. Yeah. It really didn't. And then you're actually living a lie Mm. and people don't know that they're doing it because they've been conditioned to do it for so long. Or especially now in society where people are on social media, there's podcasts, all of that. You can show up in a certain way. And then when you turn off the camera, you're not that way at all. Yeah. But that gap that exists erodes your confidence. It erodes your ability to actually be ethical and show up and really understand what really is reality. Oh, that is gold. I absolutely love that. Um, so what are your future plans uh, in the work that you do? And, and do you do pay it forward at all? I do pay it forward in a couple of ways. I'll answer the pay it forward first and yep. then I'll come back and tell a little bit more. But I pay it forward in my business. So every time I sign a client, I do a workshop, get pay of any sort. I donate to a domestic violence facility Excellent. here in South Carolina. Yep. Called It's called Safer Passage mm-hmm. because for me, I had a friend who I didn't know was being abused in her home for five years. Wow. And we were close. I mean, we would have dinner together and play cards together and hang out, but Mm. I did not know what it was like in their home. Yeah. And so that's very 
So that's personal to me. Um, the other way is that I serve on a board of a nonprofit called Fostering the Family that mm-hmm. supports families that want to foster and adopt. Yep. So a part of my business and proceeds and services and my skills and resources go towards that as well. Um, I believe in that really, really a lot. It's just a passion of mine. And so some of the things that I'm doing, I'm audio, I'm recording my first audio books. So I published oh, cool. my first book in June of 2019. Yes, thank you. And so now I'm reading that for audio and I'm also working on my second book, which will be focused on adult bullying in corporate America and outside of corporate America. So broadening the definition of corporate. Yep. So I'll be talking about what that looks like for moms on playgrounds and in playgroups. Yep. Because there's some bullying that happens there. Oh, God, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in what does it mean in corporate groups? What does it mean in corporate America? And what does it mean in families? Yeah. Wow. You are making an impact. (laughs) Thank you. It's my, it's, it's a gift that God's given me and I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. Now, um, how can people help support you and the greater good that you do and and get involved? Yeah. So the best way that people can support me is by sharing the message. So, and finding me on social media. So Mm -hmm. I, if you go to giveropawesomeness.org, That'll take you right to my private Facebook group in a community where I share a lot about being a giver of awesomeness, how you can start to discover, guard, and give your gifts. Mm. That's the best way. And and sharing that message and getting people into the smaller community is important because that's where it's safe to share. And that's what I do. I share my personal stories and I share with others. Oh, man, I love that giver of awesomeness. Um, <laughs> and and with that in mind, um, I'm really looking forward to your answer on the next question. What's okay. the change you'd like to see in the world and how can we bring it to life? So the change I'd like to see in the world is that we actually move from bully prevention to, to this understanding that it will happen. So mm-hmm. it's like bully rehabilitation. Yep. Because we're all human good and bad has existed all throughout time. No matter what you believe, doesn't matter, but those forces of balance exist, up, down, in, out, and good and evil. So prevention of like, we're not gonna ever see this, that's really not reality. The truth is we are. What we do with it is what matters next. When it happens to us, how do we then show love and light or use that energy? Even negative energy is energy that can be transformed into something positive. And so that's what I want to see happen. And and that's the impact of this ripple effect of, yes, this happened to me. And now I get to use that power for good. Love it. So, oh, wow. So it's really just changing the way we look at bullying altogether. Um, that, That it's not something that we'll ever be able to stop, but we can change the way we deal with it when it does happen. Yeah. And I I believe, so the one thing that I leave all of the people that I walk with and talk to is this concept of bullies have a gift. Mm. So when they show up for you, it's a sign that you have something. Mm. The bully is actually coming to bring you a gift unpack the gift, open it, because you may find that the thing that they've been talking to you about, pointing at you about, calling you, all of that is the thing that you're called to bring to the world. 
So the one thing that's so different and unique about you that you want to hide or try to change in some way is the actual thing that you need to bring out, bring that power. Oh, that is such a great way to look at it. And I mean, you know, if kids nowadays, and I know we're talking about adult bullying, but, um, but yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, and as I talk to you right now, I'm, I'm in the studio with my nephew who's 14. Um, okay. he's, he works with me. He's an intern here. And um, I know he's been bullied before at school. And I just think if kids actually change their mindset around that and actually saw that, you know, um, you know, there's not something wrong with you when you're bullied. It's actually a gift being given to you to see what it is your gift is. That's right. They pick you for a reason. Yeah. They pick you for a reason. Even, and the thing is, is we're kind of taught to like blend in, right? The, especially middle, middle years as teenagers, that's kind of where that's taught. Mm. And then when you go into corporate America or you work for an organization, that assimilation is taught again. You have yeah. to conform. You have to have a fit. I worked in human resources and yeah. hired lots of people. And it was always like, well, we're looking for the right fit. Yeah. But the truth is, is that when you are being bullied or ostracized in some way, it's because you're unique. That yeah. uniqueness is the gift that you actually need and that the people around you need too. It's just that it's so uncomfortable. But if you are really firm in who you are and, and own the fact that, yeah, I'm different and I'm made to be different and we're all different, that's what's going to actually get us to move forward and be better. That's what it is. And, and that's why I trademarked the phrase giver of awesomeness. It's because if we can all give our awesomeness, we'll be in a better place. Oh, we've got to get you global, girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. It has been so refreshing to chat with you, Roshana. Um, oh, I just absolutely love the work that you're doing and um, thank you so much for being a part of the Ethical Evolution. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Bindi. Thanks for listening to the Ethical Evolution podcast. If you're an ethical business owner, change maker or holistic healer who's determined to make a change in the world and you need support to spread your message, visit ethicalchangeagency.com to collaborate. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Electric acid. Electric acid.